Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches a sermon entitled, Go to Bethel and Sin. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Amos chapter 4. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Go to Bethel and Sin. Go to Gilgal and sin more. We can translate that to mean go to church and sin. Go to church and sin more. So may God help us to have a clear mind to understand what is a true church and what is a false church. Who is a true minister and who is a false minister. Who is true God. And who is a false one. And may God help us to seek the Lord and live. Today we hear very little preaching from prophets. Particularly what we call minor prophets like Amos. Amos prophesied in the 8th century around 760 B.C. During the reigns of Uzziah in Judah and Jeroboam II in Israel. Uzziah and Jeroboam II ruled concurrently for 36 years. During the second golden age of Judah and Israel when they controlled almost all territories including Damascus and Hamath, as in the days of David and Solomon. It was a time of great prosperity for Israel. Israel controlled various trade routes, and that brought large amount of money. But material prosperity and true piety are related Only inversely. Prosperity from God makes people independent of God and arrogant. The more rich you are, beautiful we are, brilliant we are, powerful we are, we become self-sufficient and self-dependent. Thus people become more like the devil. True worship disappears. Idolatry thrives. So what happened to Israel during this time of extreme material prosperity? They became very wicked. And so in chapter 2 of Amos verse 6, we read God's charge against his people. For three sins of Israel, even four more. I will not turn my wrath because they sell the righteous for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample on the heads of the poor as upon the dust of the ground. They deny justice to the oppressed. Father and son use the same girl and so profane my holy name. They lie down beside every altar in garments taken in pledge. 
in the house of their God. They drink wine taken as fines. Oppression, social injustice, high interest loans, cheating and devouring the poor, making more money and finding their security, especially these merchant princes, in money. And we read they rejected, chapter 2, verse 4, they rejected the law of the Lord. They rejected the covenant Lord and his covenant laws through many sins. They profaned God's name. Money, friends, is not the answer. Money is not key to our happiness. Prosperity does not mean diminution of worship. In fact, prosperity produces proliferation of worship and worship places and worship fashions. There shall be religious diversities. Take your pick. You like Coke, you can have it. Pepsi, you can have it. Every desire for worship is catered to. There were churches in Bethel, Dan, Beersheba, Gilgal, and Samaria. There you can feast, you can sacrifice, you can enjoy religious prostitution. You can worship your own God. 8th century B.C. saw great rise of wickedness. Chapter 5, beginning with verse 12, take a look at it. For I know how many are your offenses. God is all-seeing God. We call omniscient God. And you read chapter 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation. There... The Lord sees everything. And he says, I have this against you. I have this against you. I know. I know. I know your many sins. Many offenses. And how great your sins. You oppress the righteous and take bribes. And you deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Let us speak first about the prophet and then about his prophecy and then God's sure and certain judgment upon his people who profaned his name. The prophet is Amos. To address this great sin of Israel, God raised up a prophet To prophesy judgment. So Amos is full of judgment. Full of the anger of God. The wrath of God. Jehovah is likened to a lion. Jehovah is holiness. Sovereign Lord has spoken by his holiness. Look at chapter 4, verse 2. The sovereign Lord has sown by his holiness. Sown judgment by his holiness. God is holiness. 
is holiness in its highest degree. Isaiah called him thrice holy God. He must oppose sin if he is holiness. What is sin? It is the contradiction of God. Sin is enmity against God. Every religion except the way of worship revealed in the Holy Bible is an attempt to oppose God and to get away from the Holy God. Such religions reveal human hatred of the Holy One. And so we read in chapter 1 verse 2, The Lord rose from Zion, from Jerusalem. He is likened to a lion. In chapter 3 and verse 4 we read, Does a lion roar in the thicket when he has no prey? And verse 8, the lion has roared from Zion to the, the true place of God. Who will not fear? The sovereign Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Do you see the lion of Judah in the midst? Roaring against evil. Against those who profaned his holy name. In the name of religion. He roars through the prophet Amos. The faithful pastor. God roars through the pastor. God's plans, purposes, intentions. He teaches. He rebukes. He corrects. He trains people in righteousness. And if the lion is roaring. A pastor must speak. And preach. And prophesy. He has no choice. He is the megaphone of God. So God called and commissioned a prophet from Judah to go and prophesy in Israel. God is holy. Young man, do you know that? Young girl, old people, young people. God is holy. He is against sinners. Who are his own enemies. Yet he will pardon graciously. If people turn to God from their evil ways. So when God speaks. He is being gracious. And loving toward his people. No prophecy. Means. No grace. And sure judgment. And if you are not hearing what I am saying. Then though I am preaching. To you, God is not speaking. And the reason is, God has determined to judge you. Amos means burden bearer. Every true preacher is an Amos. He's a burden bearer. And he must deliver his burden by the preaching the truth to the people of God. He bears the burden of the Lord. He must Preach God's word. A true preacher is not self-called, self-appointed for selfish purposes. Turn with me to chapter 7 and uh, beginning with verse 14. Amos answered, Amaziah. Amaziah is the crooked preacher of the north. 
I was neither a prophet nor a prophet's son, but I was a shepherd, and I also took care of sycamore fig trees. But the Lord took me from tending the flock and said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. And whenever, friends, you hear the word truly preached, consider yourselves blessed of the Lord. Your time of repentance is not past, but is now. Turn to God, do good. Turn to God and avoid judgment. Amos was a humble shepherd. But God filled him with the Holy Ghost and so equipped him to prophesy with boldness, clarity, and brilliance. Number two, what did he prophesy? The prophecy. Northern Kingdom was organized by Jeroboam the first. After the reign of Solomon, he introduced bull worship in Israel. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 12 and let me read. You will get an idea of the type of churches and worship that's going on all around the world which has nothing to do with God's church and God's word. It is bull. It's all bull. It's all bull. And churches are set up for a political reason. So look at chapter 12 of 1 Kings, beginning with verse 26. Jeroboam thought to himself, the kingdom will now likely to revert to the house of David if these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, which is the seat of God and the seat where true sacrifice was offered, the place where true word was preached, where true prayer offered They will again give their allegiance to their Lord. Verse 28, after seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. He said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. (laughs) Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Bull. Bull worship. That is coming to us from Exodus 32 of the golden calf. It is coming to us from Egypt. It is pure paganism. Verse 31, Jeroboam built shrines on high places and appointed priests from all sorts of people. Even though they were not Levites. So they don't have a book. They don't have to go by book. Churches are organized here and there and everywhere. They neglected the book. They are, they are worshipping bull. He made religion to serve his political ambitions. And today you see uh, Mrs. Clinton and uh, Mr. Obama and all these people are going to evangelical churches. these, These ministers are inviting them, come and preach to us. Speak to us in our pulpit. Why, let me tell you, they worship bull. Nothing to do with truth. And politicians every so often come to seduce you. This is Jeroboam II's religion of bull that always serves the interest of the reigning politician. The worship in various sanctuaries of Israel. Their worship was not orthodox. It was unscriptural. It was idolatry. It was worship of bulls and bells. It was worship of demons. It was sheer idolatry. 
in violation of God's law revealed in Deuteronomy 12. Let's turn to Deuteronomy 12 and understand something about orthodoxy as revealed in chapter 12. Beginning with verse 2. Destroy completely all the places on the high mountains. That is places of worship. Churches. And on the hills and under every spreading tree where the nations you are dispossessing worship their gods. Break down their altars. Smash their sacred stones. Burn their Asherah poles. And in fire. In the fire. Cut down the idols of their gods. Wipe out their names. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way. There is a revealed way. There is an orthodox way of worshiping the true God. But you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name there for his dwelling. To that place you must go. That is Zion. That is Jerusalem. Paul said in Romans 9, all Israel is not Israel. And Pastor Matthew says, every church is not church. And you are stupid when you don't discern what an authentic church is. And you say, every church is a church. Every church is not church. Every church is not God's church. vast majority of churches are dedicated to bull. And in these places, there is no presence of the Holy God. No holy word, no true sacrifice which atone people's sins. Bethel is a fraud. Dan is a fraud. Gilgal is a fraud. Samaria is a fraud. Beersheba is a fraud. It was a politicized, demonic religion that sanctioned every form of immorality to be practiced. Isn't that true? We don't like that church that stands for true God, stands for his word, stands for holiness. Because people like to practice evil. So also today, there's a great prosperity in our country which has produced great sin against God. Yet religion is thriving. There is religious pluralism, but it is sheer Laodiceanism. It is worship without God or his word. It is worship that pleases people's whims and satisfies their felt needs. What is Laodiceanism? Well, let me read to you from Revelation chapter 3. Beginning with verse 14, these are the words of the Amen and the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. I know, I know, I know, sir, I know. God knows your secret sins. I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. Verse 17, you say, I am rich. Isn't that the problem? You think that's the solution. I say it is the problem. I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. By which they meant I do not need God. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and so on. And go to these bull places. Wives are happy. They are pleased. Husbands are pleased. Teens are pleased. The only one who is not pleased is God. 
God is not pleased. He is angry. He is about to pour out his judgment. Let's find out God's reaction to this great worship that is going on in these bull places. Turn with me to chapter 5, beginning with verse 21. This is God speaking, the true God saying about the worship in bull places. I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your hearts. But here is the key verse in this prophecy. But let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never failing stream. Justice. That is relational justice. See, when people hate God, people suffer. Only when we love God and fear God, we will show social justice. We treat people with dignity and with justice. Look at chapter 8 and verse 13. They who swear by the shame of Samaria. In other words, what they worship in Samaria is an idol which here is called what? Shame! Moshef! Or say as surely as your God lives, O Dan. Or as surely as God of Beersheba lives. They were worshipping demons. In the name of Yahweh. True worship was in Zion. In Jerusalem temple where God was present above the cherubim. Where worship was conducted by authorized priests. In authorized manner. Even so today go to a church which preaches the word of God in all its power. Glory and purity. Where Christ crucified is exalted. Where God's sacraments are biblically administered. Where God's discipline is practiced. Where the love of God governs in community life. Where people hear about holiness of God. Human sinfulness. Repentance. Atonement of Christ. Conversion. Holy living. Heaven and hell and so on. Do not go to a church that pleases you. Go to a church that glorifies God and pleases God. That church shall feed you and you shall prosper. You shall be made fit for heaven. Go to a church that humbles you and corrects you and teaches you and trains you. Go to a church. That causes you to look to God who raises up the humble to heaven itself. Amos went to Israel to prophesy God's judgment. He noticed there is a great religious revival. There were mega churches in Samaria and Dan and Bethel and Gilgal. Even in the way out in the south, Beersheba. He heard people crying out. Let's go to Bethel and worship. He heard, come to Bethel and be happy. Come to Bethel and sing. Come to Bethel and sacrifice. Come to Bethel and fornicate. Come to Bethel. For this was an imitation of God's word. Look at chapter 4 of Micah. 
Verse 2, many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. But here is the corruption of it, the contradiction of it. Come to Bethel, let us worship This is wonderful. We must be religious. We must invite others to church. We must be evangelistic. Israelites of Amos' day were very evangelistic. But I already noted Bethel was a church serving the politicians. It was a church where people were engaging in religious prostitution. Where people... We are worshipping shame, not a savior. The true God was not there. Omniscient God was not there. Omnipotent God was not there. Holy God was not there. Covenant God was not there. A saving God was not there. And besides his word was not heard there. His priests were not there. And we noticed he hated their worship. He was displeased with such mega churches of Bethel and Dan and Samaria and Beersheba and Gilgal. So God says, I tell you what you are doing in Bethel. Here is God's interpretation of the worship in Bethel. Look at chapter 4 verse 4. You say come to Bethel and worship and sing and feel happy. I'll tell you what you are doing. Go to Bethel and what? Sing. And go to Gilgal and what? Sing more. This is the principle of church growth. Come to our church and sing. And come to our church, sing more. Come to our church, feel happy. Come to our church and meet all your felt needs. We cater to you. We do not say one word about God or sin or holiness or repentance or conversion or heaven or hell. Nothing we will say. You will feel happy and satisfied. Come. Come. So he says, go to Bethel and sin, go to Gilgal and sin yet more. Bring your sacrifices every morning, your twice every three years. Burn leavened bread. Notice it is prohibited, but here it is permitted. Leaven is prohibited, but here it is what? Permitted. Bring all the leaven you want. All the sin you want. It will be accepted by God. Your sin will be accepted by God. Your greed, your fornication, your drug addiction, your lying, your deceit, your bull will be accepted. Burn leavened bread as a thank offering and brag about your trivial offering, boast about them. You Israelites, for this is what you love to do. You don't like real worship. You don't like to hear about sin and repentance and holiness of God and heaven and hell. No, you don't like that. Go to Bethel and sin. Go to Bethel and what? Sin more. Go to church and sin. Go to church and sin more. 
But God says, you do not fool me. You go to Bethel and then not to worship me, but to avoid me. You go there to sin and sin and sin and sin yet more. So you will be judged. Chapter 4 verse 2, the time will surely come when you will be taken away with hooks, the last of you with fish hooks. You will be shaved of all your hair. You will be stripped naked. Hook will be put on your nose. And that's the way they took people away into captivity. The pastor of the king's cathedral in Bethel, a political appointee, Reverend Amaziah, did not like the roaring of the lion of Judah, heard clearly in the prophecy of Amos. So he wrote a letter to his boss, King Jeroboam II. And let me read to you chapter 7, verse 10 and 11. Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent a message to Jeroboam, king of Israel. Amos is raising a conspiracy against you in the very heart of Israel. The land cannot bear all his words, for this is what Amos is saying. Jeroboam, you king, will die by the sword, and Israel will go into exile away from their native land. What is he doing? Amaziah is mocking Amos. And says, go to Judah and make your buck, your money there, bread there. This is King's Cathedral. We have a a Washington Cathedral for the Episcopal. They've been building it for 50 years. Now I think it is completed. Of course, Jesus is not preached there. It's a beautiful, beautiful building. It is where the presidents go. And Bill Clinton, I think, even there. With the big Bible in his hands. I don't trust any of these politicians. I tell you, I don't trust one politician who, who pretends to be religious because he's trying to seduce me. This is King's Cathedral, so he tried to threaten and intimidate Amos. All true ministers will be mocked and be intimidated. Jesus said, the world will hate you because of my name. But Amos, like Micah, is Pentecostal. Micah, turn to Micah chapter 3 verse 8. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord, and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression to Israel, his sin. Pentecostal. Holy Ghost filled and endued, bold and brilliant. Every true minister is spirit-filled. He is bold. He would not be intimidated by the world. So listen to the reply of Amos to King's pastor, Mr. Cook, Mr. Deceiver, Mr. Hireling, the Reverend Amaziah. Chapter 7, verse 16 and 17. You threaten me? Well, I'm not threatening you, but I'm telling you what God has ordained. Your wife is going to be a prostitute. Your sons and daughters will be killed by the sword. And your land will go into exile. And you, Mr. Crook, you will die in a pagan land. Friends, what we need is not more money. We need more of God. We need more of the fear of God. What can more men do for us except to make us independent and highly indulgent? 
highly indulgent, I said. Look at chapter 8, verse 5. These people are saying, When will the new moon be over, that we may sell grain? And Sabbath be ended, that we may market wheat, skimping the measure, boosting the price, cheating with the dishonored scales, buying the poor with silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, selling to them even the sweepings with the wheat to make more profit. It's not a house of prayer, it is a house of thieves. And this is all Jesus said, only two gods. One is true God, the other is money. And we worship money in this country. Take a look at the indulgence in chapter 4 and verse 1. Hear this word, O you cows of patience. This is speaking about feminism. Feminism is not a new thing. It's been around from Genesis 3. You women who oppress the poor and crush the needy and say to your husbands, actually in the Hebrew, and speak to your lords, your masters. <laughs> but notice the irony. Hey, bring me the rings. <laughs> indulgence. Turn to chapter 6 if you want more money. This is why you have to have more money. Beginning with verse 4, you lie on beds inlaid with ivory and lounge on couches. You dine on choice lambs and fattened calves. You strum away on your harps like David because you are, you are not working. And improvise on musical instruments. High culture here, sir. High culture and high living. You drink wine by the bowlful and use the finest delusions. But you do not grieve over the ruin of Joseph. Therefore, you will be among the first to go into exile. Your feasting and lounging will end. You want to know how rich these people were? Look at chapter 3 verse 15. You'll tear down their winter house along with this summer house. The houses not adorned with ivory will be destroyed and the mansions will be demolished. Prosperity, luxury, moral corruption, oppression, greed of the rich caused oppression of the poor. No justice to the poor. But God says, but let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never failing stream. Heavenly Father, we pray, help us to go, not to Bethel, to sin, but to Zion, to worship the true and living God, who alone is able to give us light and life. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of this sermon entitled, Go to Bethel and Sin. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew. 